what it do. Holla. I'm just saying what you know, Joe. Please believe. Yes. Science in the building tonight. Science in the building tonight. are waiting and waiting all they see is animation uh-huh. a real amazing MC will blow uh-huh. but only on occasion oh. and even when they blow some never see the dough yo gotta change your ways for satan even if it's the dolo total devastation and mayhem hit your place then i'm mashing okay. it's gracing your devil make shit and it makes your fashion they need to come clean practice better hygiene is probably why you got that rash on your eyes you got trash to find a new ass cause it'll bring disaster too oh. to make the cash faster the last is it became a prostitute okay. you say you got props and lose but hops you don't even know the pops that brought you that's me psych but i'll leave ya like a maxi pad Stain when I stab like an insane crack fiend while you remain acting you are subtracting the lane A new addition to the game of scientific's his name Now I am hip-hop, you are hip-hop We are hip-hop, represent hip-hop Put your hands in the sky, you love that hip-hop Put your hands in the sky, you love that hip-hop Now I am hip-hop, you are hip-hop We are hip-hop, What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the world-famous Do Work podcast with your boy Scientifics I am not Scientifics tonight. I am the guest host, KZ. I get to interview the world-famous Do Work podcast creator, Scientifics, tonight. So give your boy, Scientifics, a shout-out. Ah, ah, ah. What's up, yo? What's up? Thank you so much for allowing me to take over your podcast tonight. Hey, it's a pleasure. I didn't think I was going to be interviewed today, but uh, I was down with it, you asked, so here we are. I think that's great. I think everybody needs to know a little bit about you and what you do, so can you give us a little bit about who you are and what you do? For sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, So I am Scientifics, for those of you who don't know. Um, I'm a father, grandfather, uh, creative, um, business owner. I own 324 clothing line and uh, EMRG3 Media. Um, I'm an artist. I've been producing music and uh, putting out albums since 2002. Uh, I've been doing music itself as an artist since I was probably about 15. So all in all, I'd say, you know, just a creative, a person that it really has a, an outlook for what I can create with other people. and and seeing different views of, of um, ways of life. Everything has changed over the last like 20 years in music and in hip hop and in entertainment. So just being able to grow with it um, as, a, as just a person in life. So basically that's who I be, scientifics in the building. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been doing what you do? Oh shit, um, as a creative, I, I'd say I started about 13 uh, doing writing graffiti and uh, b-boying that was like the first outlets that i had a lot of people around me like my boys were like some of them were different elements so some people were djs some people were uh graffiti writers my boy chico shout out to chico ah uh, uh, see you in a minute my guy um he was the one that kind of asked me to start rapping with him it was more of like he was already in the cyphers and he was already doing so he had like a little karaoke machine the tape decks the one and twos you know what i mean with the little microphone in it he was already rapping and recording his own shit and I went over there one day just to pull up. We was about to go do something. And he was like, yo, you, you wanna get down? And I was like, I don't really know how to rap. I mean, I knew how to, a little something, something, you know what I mean? Because we, we'd mess around on the side of like, at that time I was b-boying a lot. So when we were outside of Cyphers, that's when I would freestyle. And it was just fun. 
but he was like, yo, let's take it serious. And I was like, all right, I mean, as serious as I could at that moment. But I got better, like quick, like in a matter of like six months. We started battling people and then it started becoming a thing. So that was like the first starts of me getting into music and creating with people. Uh, was just battling people like off the rip, just off the top of the dome, freestyling. And then like in high school, it, it was more consistent. And then once I graduated high school, I had my daughter when I was 18, right after I graduated. And I was like, me and my cousin Flip started putting together a group. And I, I wanted to do more than just rap. I wasn't just gonna be like, yo, like, you, you know, spit, you make the, he was making the beats and he was engineering the whole thing. And he didn't really know what he was doing. Uh, shout out to Flip. Uh, but, he, you know, we put it together. We made a great album. The first album is called 12 Steps. Uh, we were went by the name Four Natives. So we dropped that when we were like 23, 24. So like 2003, 2004-ish. Okay. Um, but yeah, it started from there, like in high school, uh, junior high-ish. Junior high was just breakdancing and freestyling, kind of getting it going and graffiti. Yeah. In high school was more rap and like b-boying. And then once I got out of high school and I, I was working a lot because I had my daughter, so I really didn't have the time to sit around and, and like practice um, b-boying. Um, most of the time I was tired too, you know what I mean? You're coming out of work, two different, I was working two jobs at the time. You know, everybody else was going to college. I was working, but I was still going to events and still doing ciphers and going to, you know, hip hop events and culture shit like that. So I was still on the scene. It was just different. And then me and my cousin Flip were like, yo, we should make an album. And then we started taking it from there. So talk a little bit about your b-boying and how you got started in that. Oh, shit, I've been b-boying since I was like four. 1984, you know what I mean? Like back in the day, you hear like Planet Rock or looking for the perfect beat or something. I'd run inside, throw the little bandanas on my legs and shit, come out. My uncles and them were older. They were like, you know, 17, 18 years old at the time. And uh, they had friends and they would be all in the backyard of my grandma's house. So I'd hear the music, y'all run inside, go put my bandanas on and come out. And they already have the, the cardboard ready to go, so jump on in, little kid, you know, bust a head spins or wind, windmills, back spins, whatever. Did that until I was like about seven or eight. And then was just in athletics. And then in junior high, uh, all of my friends at that time, like, you know, hip hop started to really blow up. So this is like 92, 93. So a lot of the vibes were coming right back. A lot of the hip hop that we were watching, underground hip hop, had a lot of b-boys in it. And b-boy was the culture at that time. Like hip hop was really about the elements. So if you did anything, you, you really got props for it. So we would practice. Uh, shout out to Climax. It's a squad that we rep back in the day, and uh, it was just practice every single day. We just kind of did it. It wasn't even like there was a, a fixation to get somewhere, you know. Potentially now we can get like they're b-boying in the Olympics now. So it's about to be a new thing. People are getting their, their just due, and it's really been the entire time a gymnastic kind of trait, you know, busting air flares, floor exercises, the stuff you see people do on the pommel horses and stuff like that. Yeah. People were doing that on the ground. So it, you know, it was an athletic thing. People took it serious. We worked out. We trained like four or five hours a day. Then we'd go practice, go to school, come home, practice for another two, three hours. So we took it serious. But yeah, it, it kind of picked up, in, you know, junior high, and then in, into high school, and we were really battling people. And that's why I was saying when I was rapping and battling people, I was still b-boying and battling people. And then like when we were doing graffiti, it was about battling people. So it was more of a skill representation. Like you had to be dope. It wasn't just like, oh, you you do that? That's what's up? Like, nah, you had to be dope. Or people would be like, nah, get this nigga out of here, boo. Like, ah, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so about high school, you know, when the b-boy thing really started to take off. But it, I've been doing it since I was a kid. Okay, okay. 
So tell me a little bit about like your background with rap with your cousin and like what your musical influences are. <clears throat> well, the background with, with Flip was uh, me and him both started to pick up vinyl at about the same time. He actually had a turntable set, but I was always finding samples that we could use. And uh, shout out to my boy Gabriel. Gabriel was another one that had turntables. And he wasn't too big on the b-boy inside. He couldn't really rap either, but he could. He had like turntable skills, and he always had equipment at his house. He always had like speakers and mics and different kinds of turntables and shit. Like when they came out with the CDJs, which are the the digital um, CDs that you put in, and then you can scratch the CD. Mm-hmm. With the, yeah. So he had those before everybody else had them. So him and Flip would always be, you know, working on on mixes or whatever, and I would always be finding records. So hey, dude, check this out. You know, this is dope. Or here's the new this. Here's the new that. So we kind of just started picking it up, and um, he really didn't want to rap. Like he was, he really liked to be behind the scenes. That's why he was a producer in the beginning. And um, me being like not too shy in front of people, and like really wanting to like you know put on a good performance, I guess. Um, I was more willing to, to do it, but I got him into it. Like, yo, we should do. It'd be dope if we put an album together, or I can you can produce it, and then we can find samples and we can get people on it. So it kind of took a while for the first album to actually make the day of light or the light of day. Um, but it, it was a good it was a good process, and uh, we learned a lot about mixing, about recording, sample setups where song settings are, you know, where the measures and bars were. We learned how to count bars on our our own, how to count measures on our own, you know what I mean? So, yeah, we really put a lot of time into it. The the same amount of effort we put into our b-boying and everything else, like when we said we're going to rap, like, we took it serious. Yeah. We weren't thinking we were going to be famous, but we were like, if we're going to do this, we're going to be good at it. Yeah. So we did. We've been rocking. We rocked from, like, I want to say to 1998 is when we like formed foreign natives and then it took us because it was schedule conflicts it took us about two and a half years to put the album together he would work days i'd be working nights or vice versa mm-hmm. or when he was free i was booked and it was like that for two years finally got like the last six months of time because he, he was on a furlough from irs and um I was just in school at that moment, so I had plenty of time, so we were knocking out like two, three hours a day, wherever we could, and we finished the album, and it dropped in, like I said, 2003, 2004 era, so yeah, it was pretty dope. Um, We were together as a group for like, till 2006, and then I graduated, I had left and went to engineering school in LA in 2004, right after the album dropped. Like I said, because I had wanted to do more than just rap. And I told him, I'll be back, don't even trip. And like, it's gonna be 18 months. And by the time I come back, we're gonna drop the next album, which was actually be called Elevator Music. <coughs> Excuse me. Which eventually became my label name, Elevate Music. Okay. Um, but the reason we never made the second album is because there was a bunch of uh, like personal life stuff that had happened while I lived in LA here in Fresno. And. He had started working more. He became a tax examiner, so he was they were flying him out. Atlanta, Chicago, you know, Philadelphia, so he wasn't even around anymore. And when he got back, it wasn't really an interest of his that much anymore. Like music, it had already been almost two years since we had did anything. I was still doing it. I was like in the throes of the shit. I'm in LA, I'm, I'm, we're up all night doing recording sessions, I'm meeting all kinds of people, but 
he was just more like, yeah, I'm just gonna do you know, the work thing. And it just kind of turned into, this was my path to go into music as opposed to being a partner of or being a part of a group or something like that, which I was always a part of, like a, a team of people that were doing it. So at that point I was just like, I guess this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And you know, I took that role and it became what it is now. Okay. So tell me a little bit about like your music influence and who you who grew up listening. Me? Yeah. Oh yeah. So growing up is kind of weird because um, I'm like three nationalities, right? So I'm black, Mexican, and Indian, uh, Eastern Indian. Shout out to my Asian East Indians, all my Asian people. Shout out, ah, uh, uh, all my all my Mexicans back in the land, and all my black folks. Um, so growing up, I had different um, family functions would be, you know, different groups of types. Because it wasn't just like I had Mexican family and they were like gangsters or cholos or anything like that. Like they liked Southern rock. I had bikers in my family. I had um, people that liked Motown. I was listening to, you know, Southern rock like Tito and the Tarantulas and and uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. But then at the same time, I'm listening to, like The Doors and like Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and Three Dog Night. And then I'm also listening to like uh, Shaka Khan and uh, Debbie Deb and all that stuff. And then at the same time, I'm listening to like Journey and like uh, Sting, and, you know what I mean? All the stuff that would be on the radio kind of in the 80s. Yeah. So I kind of heard a lot of different stuff, but the stuff that I really was on on was like The Doors. I found I found out about The Doors when I was like six or seven. Um, Miles Davis and John Coltrane, same time, seven, eight. Um, and then like I, I really was a huge fan of a lot of new wave in the 80s so like The Cure you know The Smiths like kind of early emo kind of vibe um, and that's what, that was before I even started making music once I started making music of course it's all the hip hop influences and it was kind of ironic because a lot of the stuff in the early 90s was jazz sampled okay. so I hadn't really been listening to jazz since like 7 or 8 so I knew where these samples were coming from I wasn't just like, oh, that's a dope-ass horn section. Where'd they get? I knew that was a Coltrane. I knew that was a Thelonious Monk. I knew that was a, you know, certain certain per people that, that that were jazz musicians. So it kind of worked. It was easy uh, finding samples, even. But yeah, so once I started making music, it was it was a, a wider array. It was more producers than actual artists. Like influencing my rap style, it's like Snoop Dogg, Method Man, and like KRS One. Because it's like Snoop Smooth style, Method Man is like just aggressive, like counting cadence. And KRS One being able to always like throw something educated in there or funny, mm -hmm. but then at the same time like say something real and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> um, but like influences what I was listening to when I was making music in the early '90s. I mean, it's it's almost the same as everybody else's, but it's you know everybody has their top five or whatever. Right. So I was listening to a lot of East Coast more than West Coast. So. You know, of course, Wu-Tang, Nas, those things were the standard on the, on the East Coast side, but I was listening to, like, J.Ru the Damager. I was listening to, like, Gangstar, People Under the Stairs, um, you know, uh, Fun Crush Plus. This is before LP was with, uh, with uh, Killer Mike, and they had Run the Jewels. Um, I'm listening to, like, Dayton Family from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm listening to, like, so everybody's listening to Bone and, and, and like, that type of triple like fast type stuff even maybe three six mafia i was just like dating family and like because it was just super a super underground so 
it was hard to say because it was like there's influences by groups that I can mention and if you're a hip hop head shout out to you guys you know exactly who I'm talking about but for most of the fans who are just you know hip like musical fans of, of, of hip hop itself they might not know that deep dive into a lot of stuff you know like the Jurassic Fives and the Lyricist Lounge and you know like uh, fucking hieroglyphics and like Dow the Funky Homo Sapien, like that stuff was West Coast stuff, but that's what I was listening to. I wasn't listening to Tupac. Yeah. I, I was listening to Saphir. I wasn't listening to like E40 as much. I still fuck with it, but I was listening to Brother Lynch. You know what I mean? It's like way different. It's super underground, mad like lyricism on some like evil shit, but it's still like, it's just a different vibe. So it was different growing up because it was like now my influences are people who have made successful paths for themselves business wise but at that point it was like originality the, the most different type of shit that you could listen to and just kind of finding the pieces in that that spoke to me not trying to be like them but hearing and going oh that's dope how they oh, okay i'm gonna do something like so it was a lot of that yeah so as a fan i wouldn't know the underground i know of you know tupac and nas and all of that so yeah. That's good to know that you like, you know, the underground. Oh yeah, what... and any genre, and too, like, like I said, the earlier genres that I was listening to, like, in the '90s, it was a, a a lot of different genres that had a lot of undergrounds to them. So even if you were like a rock fan and people were listening to Nirvana and Bush, if you didn't know about, you know, Rage Against the Machine, you, you kind of, you know, and when you hear me like, whoa, but then if you know of that rock scene, it's like, oh, that's. You know what I mean? Regular shit or corn. If you've never seen or heard of corn, right. you'd be like, yo, it's crazy. So it was more of that stuff. It was mainstream, but it wasn't mainstream. It was just only the name that was out at that moment. But once everybody got away from the fame, those bands still existed. I was still rocking with them. You know what I mean? Like Sublime. You know what I mean? If, you, if you're a Sublime fan, you, you know. You're a forever Sublime fan. Yeah, you know. So if you don't, it's like, oh, I've heard that one or two songs or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's like that. And that's like around the time that like No Doubt came out. So there was a lot of stuff to catch that was what would people consider at the time local because they were from that area it just so happened that that vibe blew up so it was always being on the verge of the blow up wave like finding a bunch of groups or an artist or in in a certain aspect of, or genre and go oh this is tight for two years and then you watch and they're like oh they blew up okay it's time to you know move yeah. on to the next or, <laughs> or wait till they their fame kind of dwindles and then become a fan again but yeah all right so tell me a little bit about your engineering school that you went to. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so I went to Los Angeles Recording School. It was uh, located on the corner of Highland and Hollywood Avenue, or Hollywood Boulevard, right across the street, or Caddy Corner from Hollywood High. Um, it was dope. Uh, I was there for almost two years, a little over two years. Um, I learned everything about the industry that I, I, I as a as a rapper in the 90s you're anti the industry because nobody knows the business and so they always feel like they're getting screwed but once i learned it and got involved in it i started doing commercial stuff i started doing television stuff um i had done live shows i was doing live engineering and front house side of the house mix for rock shows and rock venues in in la um as an internship i mean it was a great it was a great school i learned so much about just sound and frequency itself um, and how much of what I've heard already why I liked it how it felt right like I was explaining to you the 44.1 44 megahertz how it's just a different vibe it's a different mm -hmm. feel and 
So you learned a lot. Um, being in the environment in LA was great. It gave me my first taste into my freelance engineering world. It was the first time I lived anywhere by myself um, as an adult. And I still was with my daughter's mom at the time. And my daughter was maybe like five or six. So it was kind of back and forth. I was traveling from there and, and um, staying in LA, but it was great. I mean, I loved the opportunity. I met so many great people that I still talk to to this day. I had so many great opportunities to engineer at the Viper Room and the Key Club and uh, the Barfly and uh, the Knitting Factory. And so like, it was a, a Bolarama and the Hollywood Bowl and uh, uh, the Chinese Theater. And um, so yeah, so it was dope. Uh, I love being around the, the, the instructors. Everybody there was really down to earth, even though they they themselves probably just came from a major concert. Yeah. Like the night before, like, oh, I just did uh, Metallica's, you know, whatever. So it was it was humbling, but it was really big on, like, the same thing. It was about skill, like how, how well you knew what you were doing. And so I think that's where I kind of strive at. It's always been, like, a, a skill level more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And so the school itself was really great for that because I learned a lot, and I enjoyed being there. I turned up with a lot of people. I had some crazy ass shows. I did a Killers show. I did a 30 Seconds of Mars show. Uh, the got to see the last Pixies and Mars Volta show together. That was crazy. And Mars Volta's coming back. Shout out to Mars Volta. Hey Sahab, when you hear this, remember that I seen you post that, so you know what it is. But yeah, yeah, Mars Volta's coming back. Um, but yeah, so LA was fucking amazing, and I loved being there. I was there for two years. I did my internships there. And I uh, was going to stay, but I decided to come back to Fresno because I knew at that particular moment in Fresno, there was only a few engineers and they were kind of taking the load on most of the people that were doing a lot of work. So when I came back, it was me, Phi, Z, um, a couple of people from 559 and a minute till six and um, a couple of videographers. And that was like it for the entire city. So. You know, while I was there, my game plan was, well, as soon as I'm done, I'm coming back so I can help everybody turn up and make sure that their, their musical skills or understanding of a recording session is able to translate over and then we got better minded artists that can communicate if they go to another studio in a major city. Oh, this is how I do this, or this, can you do another round of this, or whatever, whatever the lingo may be for them to communicate their song. So when you came back to Fresno, what was the reaction when you came back and was teaching everyone about the engineering that you learned? Everybody was surprised I came back. Like the first two months, everybody everybody would tell me like, oh man, what are you doing here? Like, why'd you come back? Like, you could have stayed in LA and been making money money, or like you could have been, you could have at least been trying to like blow up. And I'm like, yeah, but to be realistic, I was another number there. It would have took me two years of, of grinding to just be on someone's radar. Did you have more opportunities when you came back to Fresno? Well, I mean, yeah, it, I was already kind of doing music. I said me and Flip had just dropped the album. So I was only gone for two years and I had been putting in work as an MC battler or just being in the scene, going to urban combat, you know, b-boy events. So the name and everything that we were doing was kind of there. Um, so when I came back, people knew that I had left and were excited to see me, but also when I came back, my like my skill level was so high that it, that's what changed it more. 
Because before it was, oh, science can spit, science, science can spit. Now it's like, yo, hey, you might want to get with science if you're going to mix your album because this nigga's got some shit. Like, he, it sounds clean. So there was more of a demand when you came back yeah, to Fresno? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like I said, it was over there I was a number. Here I was a number, meaning like one of five, one of ten. And it made more sense, especially since, like I said, my level was so high. I wanted everybody else's to be that way, so... Yeah, it was it was greatly received. Everybody was excited for it. I did so much work that first two and a half years back before I started freelancing that I mean I I touched base with everybody. Easy. Okay. Any well known names in Fresno? That I've worked with? Oh, I mean everybody that I've worked with in Fresno's got a name. Like every like I I mean, props out to everybody. Uh shout out to Planet Asia, shout out to Diego Red, shout out to Fast Sean, shout out to Omar Aura, shout out to Otis Reed, uh, Halo the Human, uh, Brandon Freeman, Naoma, Optimus Prime, um, uh, freaking Tom Genius, um, Know the Ledge, um, BKR, um, um, man, Chuck Dimes, uh, well, Sob's not a rapper. But as a musician, that's my favorite nigga in the world, so he already knows. But like rappers, yeah, like that, those are the ones that have like dropped multiple albums. They have, you know, a fan base. They, if you go to YouTube and search their name, they have, you know, streams. They, they got views, so they're, yeah. they're, they've been doing it for a minute, minute. Um, shout out to uh, Fresh Clothes, too, my man uh, Jag. What's up, Jag? I see you. Um, Eddie, who you met when they were with uh, No Mind and okay. Detroit. Shout out to Detroit. And and um, and Garlene and everybody that was down with No Mind, Narco, all them. So yeah, it was. It's kind of like if if we work together, we we are going to do something. Okay. So it was like, I mean, and sure, there's been artists who've just paid for a song or paid for something like that. It, their quality of their songs are great. It was just based off of how far they took it. But everybody that I've worked with that has a a, a long catalog or at least a discography. If, they, if we work together, we've done something good. Okay. So tell me, how did 2020 impact your career, your life with COVID and the shutdown and all of yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it was crazy because, excuse me, um, I had already kind of started to pull away from music around 2016, 2017. Uh, my youngest daughter, Joey, who's just turned five, shout out Joey, uh, Joey Sky. Um, she was born in 2017. And in 2016, I kind of was already taking a break from music. I had been on such a run for almost a 10-year straight run that I, I just needed a personal break. You know what I mean? I needed to touch back with life. Yeah. Um, so I, I wasn't really doing much up until 2020. I had already kind of started um, going to film uh, photography classes and, and photography school to try to get up my, my multimedia and around that time I was making EMRG3 media so that was like kind of the focus um, and then like when 2020 hit I actually had just became single so I had a lot of free time on my hand and I decided like why don't I just do something like because I was working at the IRS as well so um, so right when it happened I'm working at the IRS my birthday's in March it's March 24th they shut the world down March 21st on a Friday okay. so Right before my birthday, so once that hit and they shut us down, I still got my checks. I was still getting full checks, but I wasn't doing anything, so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go to film school. So I shout out to LA, was going to film school for about a month, 
well, living in LA, I mean, I continued to go to film school, but I was there for a month, and then they were just Zooming classes. So I was like, all right, whatever. My buddy calls me in Vegas, and he's uh, from Vegas, and he's like, yo, I got a spot. You should slide out. It's a five-bedroom house, pool, the whole jump off. It's just me. I'm like, say less. <laughs> Packed all my shit in my car, left that afternoon. He, uh, we got off the phone at 2.15. I pulled up at his house at 7.30, 8 o'clock, something like that. It took me like six and a half hours, almost seven hours to get there. Pulled up, what's up? I'm here. Unpacked my shit and told him I'm in film school, so I'll be doing this time from this time. And so he was out doing whatever he did uh, during the daytime at work. And then in the evening time, we started posting a, a, a podcast a little bit. He's a, a, a Buddhist. So the podcast was kind of around the Buddhist beliefs and like okay. structures of community shit that they got going on. Um, so I did that. And um, ironically, I'm sitting poolside or I'm in, I'm in the pool in like a raft. I'm smoking a blunt and I got a beer in my lap. My, my laptop's on the side of the pool and I'm zooming my class, but I have my, my camera off. <laughs> And then they're like, all right, we're going to take like a 25-minute break. We'll be back. I was like, all right, cool. And my phone rings, and it's my manager from IRS. And she's like, hey, Raymond, what's up? And I'm like, damn, I just gave away my government name right now. <laughs> she was like, yo, what's up? And I'm like, oh, what's up? She's like, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm actually in a pool in Vegas, chilling, uh, watching my Zoom class right now. It's vibing. What's good? She was like, um, well, we might be coming back to work. You want, you want to come back? And I was like, is it Mando? And she was like, well, not right now, but if in six weeks, it will be. And I was like, mm, give me them six weeks and I'll pull up. And she said, okay. So chilled in Vegas for another six weeks and then came back and hit my boy Byron up. Shout out to Byron. What's up, Byron? Uh-uh. And I uh, told him like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm about to go back to work. So you, you know, you gotta, he, he had just got a new spot. So he was like, yo, I got two bed or three bedroom apartment. I'm never really there. I'm like, y'all, I'll shoot you a couple of honey. Uh, I'll move in. He's like, cool. So stayed with him. And I was doing that for the remainder of 2020. And then 2021 started. And um, my tour of duty at IRS ended in like, like May, June. Okay. <clears throat> and that's around the time that me and Gary, shout out to Gary. Tycoon Clothing and Tycoon Screen Printing started up what we were doing and then we started 324 and then you know what I mean that's where we're at now so yeah 2020 was crazy I was traveling all over the place there was nobody outside it was great I loved it I didn't have a problem with it everybody else has negative shit to say about 2020 it was lit for me I made money I was engineering for people I was doing freelance multimedia video editing I was in Vegas, LA, Fresno, San Francisco, San Diego. I was I was all over. It, it was it was love. It wasn't even like I actually hated it when everything opened back up because everybody came back outside yeah. <laughs> and it was every and then now niggas is everywhere. I'm like, yeah, damn. Um, but yeah, it was it was cool. It, it wasn't as bad as everybody else. You know, the the health thing wasn't that big of a scare because everybody was keeping to themselves. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that big of a deal. And I, I don't really embrace people like that, like hug people, dap people, like that type stuff. So I'm I, everybody that knows me now. You guys all know. Whenever you see me, I just throw my fist out. Like yeah. what's up? Like tap, knuckle dab. Yeah, knuckle dabs. We're good. And so like yeah, it wasn't just that. But I mean, it was cool. Um, I didn't really have that that much too many people around me that were that sick either so that was a blessing 
I didn't have too many people that had to end up in the hospital or, That's you know, good. COVID hit and it was really bad, bad. It was, you know, now it's a little different, but I mean, then it wasn't. Yeah. And, but yeah, coming out of 2020 and 2021, it was it was chill. It was a lot of work. I actually was very productive, um, but still at the same time, like, in, in barely getting back into the groove of music again yeah. because I hadn't done it for so while, for so long, and it had been a while since I even wanted to. So you mentioned your clothing line that you started yeah. last year. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, well, if y'all don't know, uh, episode it, one until now <laughs> have all mentioned <laughs> 324 clothing. You know what it is. You can find us on IG. Uh, drop the MF Doom. Drop the big brown hoodie. Drop uh, the multiple versions of the panda with the two chains. Got the lemon lime collection about to drop. Uh, yeah, it started because I was I was making my daughter clothes because she was about to start preschool, so I just wanted to make her something cute. I mean, you guys have heard this story multiple times. But I'm sure it? they have. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll bring it. We'll bring it back for another. Yeah. Or those people and who they're, they're, don't know who you are. True that. True that. And there might be some people that are barely finding this episode as the first one. So if you are, thank you guys for jumping on the the world famous Do Work podcast. Uh, most of the time, you'll hear me hosting. <laughs> this is the first Tonight episode. Tonight is a special. Yeah, it really occasion. is. Uh, I've never I've never gave up the reins to the show. Also, never had anybody try to interview me or at not try. You're doing a great job. Let Thank me, you. Let me retract that. <laughs> uh, I never had anybody ask to interview me, so this is great. But yeah, um, yeah, it, it was just it, it was a great turnaround. Um, I, I enjoyed the entire time, and I didn't see it was a, a very epic moment in life, and I got to see some of the things that were going on during the rioting times and all that other stuff, but. Other than that, I mean, I really couldn't complain about anything that happened during that time. Yes. I developed my brand. 324 became a thing. It's a very good thing. Shout out to Raging Records. Uh, if you guys are hearing this, it may have already happened, but July 2nd was the opening, grand opening for Raging Records' second location. So shout out to Paul from Raging Records showing us love, 324 and Tycoon Clothing plus the Risk Takers. And uh, that's what we've been doing for like the last year and a half. And it's been great. The growth has been amazing. We got a lot of recognition. The panda sticker is getting its little face up everywhere, and the MF Doom stickers are getting some love. But definitely, the panda is getting love everywhere. Love the panda. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people showing me a lot of love on that. They be like, "Yo, this is clean. I love the way it looks. It's so dope. You got some clean ass designs on my man. I appreciate it. So, it's been a good look. That's good. That's good. So, what do you have going on for this year? Hmm. So, we got the Skillmatic coming up in October, October 1st, which is our All Elements Hip Hop event. We got the B-Boy World coming from Sacramento, and we got a couple of B-Boys coming in from out of, out of state and out of country. Um, we also have Planet Asia from Fresno, shout out to Age, uh, DJ Cubert, legendary, Cope 2 from New York, legendary, uh, BKR from Fresno, icon, Sahab from Fresno, the GOAT. Uh, and then we just added T.A. the Handful straight out of uh, his new project that he's about to be dropping. My man just got out of a, of a good little bit. He was on vacation for a minute, but he's back in the land doing work. So we had to put my man on. And then uh, we got Jay Loon. We got Worms Ali. We got Fatal One. We got uh, Fluid One. And then we got um, Orbs and a couple of other artists, our B-Boys that are be performing. Um, for the concert itself and then the whole day is just basically a family function we got the b-boy event all day long and we got vendors there that'll be there clothing merch and art 
and then we also have food vendors that'll be there. Okay. Um, it'll be at 160 M Street, downtown Fresno, October 1st, 2022. It's called Skillmatic. Check us out on IG, underscore Skillmatic, underscore. And we have video up already, a demo video uh, of one real, I mean, uh, one demo of the, of the name that Gary did. Shout out to uh, my man Gary from Tycoon Screen Printing and Tycoon Clothing. He did the design for the Skillmatic, so we have those two posts, but we have uh, collecting all the all the video and links and pictures and stuff for the artists, so we can promote that in the next couple of months. Um, but that's coming up in October. Uh, like I said, the, the Raging Records store opening July 2nd. If this comes out after, it already happened. If it comes out before, it's about to happen. Um, Do you have any art hops coming up? We're not sure yet, because like I, we're, we, me and Gary were gearing up for the, for the store release. And because of the fact that we have the October 1st thing, we kind of wanted to do a couple of pop-ups or an art hop. Um, we're always welcome at 411. Shout out to 411. Love you guys out there. And then we also have the Raging Records at both locations we could probably do something at. Um, so most likely, you know, you might see us uh, at 411 coming up soon. If not, we're doing something... Oh, it's in my phone. Uh, September or August something? With uh, with DJ Liche and Cumbiatron, so that'll be an event we'll be at. And then um, right now it's just the main focus is getting the schematic put together yeah. and the store. All the events that we do usually end up happening like we'll find out the month before. Um, so if we get anything, I'll definitely let everybody know. But as of right now, the only thing we got to look forward to is schematic downtown Fresno, October first, two thousand twenty-two, one sixty M Street. All elements event, that type thing. Yeah. And then uh, also, I'm finishing up my out. Well, two projects, two musical projects. Cause like I said, I hadn't been doing music for a while. So I have um, the Triple X album, which I've been talking about a couple times on the podcast. You guys have heard me say it. Sahab's produced a couple of tracks on it. He's gonna be on one of the hooks. And we got a couple more features that I'm working on now that we got the schematic thing going on that might be very beneficial for it and then we're actually putting together a mixtape for Skillmatic trying okay. to get all the artists that are involved in the performance that day to at least do one song each you know nothing major but if we can make it happen that'd be dope so working on that and on that just living life took a break you know what I mean from, from kind of stressing about the, the future of the brands it, it's been doing a lot of great shit but there's always a time to step back and like give yourself a little reflection time. For sure, for sure. And then I think that's where I'm at today right now. Like this next week or so is, is gathering everything back together and enjoying everything, like absorbing it. Yeah. Realizing how much we've done in the last six months. And from March 2nd when we got our first deal with Raging Records till now, how much it's changed. So yeah, it's been a blessing, man. Shout out to everybody that's been working with us. Shout out to everybody that's believed in the brand, 324 and EMRG3 Media, Tycoon Screen Printing, Tycoon Clothing, the Risk Takers. It's been an amazing ride so far. I look forward to more shit because we never really pushed it. There was no agenda. I mean, it was just whatever happens, happens. Yeah. So for people who don't know who you are, which I'm sure everyone does, um, how can they find you on social media? Uh, go to OnlyFans backslash Scientifics. Oh, I'm not lying. I got it. <laughs> now nah, you can find me on IG uh, at Scientifics, uh, S C I E N T I F I X X X, three X's. Um, you can find three twenty four clothing on IG three twenty four underscore clothing. Um, the Do Work Podcast, as this is, uh, it's just Do Work Podcast. 
which is on Spotify, correct? Spotify, Anchor, Apple, uh, Apple Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Splicer, and there's another one. I can't remember right now. But so, yeah, so you can find it there. And then, um, yeah, Instagram, uh, Twitter. If you find me on Twitter, it's the same shit, at Scientifics. Uh, if you find me on Snapchat, it's SnapGod. Cy <laughs> Morrison, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, really, if you want to just find me, you can just literally Google me. Okay. Not to sound cocky as shit, but I mean, honestly, just, just Google me. Just fucking Google me. <laughs> S-E-I-E-N-T-I-F-I-X-X-X. Well, Science, I appreciate you letting me take over your podcast tonight. For and sure, letting me interview sure. you. I think did a great job being interviewed <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you I, I know it's not easy to let the reins go to have somebody else host it but I mm. hope I succeeded in this podcast with you yeah no it was great I had fun this is this is a, a different change of pace but I liked it I think your listeners need to know who you are because you ask everybody else who they are yeah. and maybe not everybody knows yeah, they they know me, but they haven't met me. They they hear snippets of the story. Yeah. Because I'll I'll sneak it in when somebody's talking about something. I'm like, oh yeah, well one time when I was cool, I did I did cool <laughs> stuff. Like yeah yeah. But, but yeah, no, no. I appreciate it. Very for much. sure, for sure, I appreciate you offering to interview me and asking to to be a part of this. It's, it's been a it's been my baby for a minute. You know what I mean? Like I've had this is probably about my fourth podcast, but this is I think to this date. Even in numbers-wise, this has been the most successful podcast I've had. Yeah. And so it's just been a blessing. So I really didn't have a problem having some sharing it with somebody else. Or if anybody else out there ever wants to interview me or jump on and be a co-host or guest host for the day, feel free. But yeah, it was great. Um, you did a great job. It wasn't even like I said. It's not hard. It's just a conversation. Just five little simple questions. Yeah. So again, Skillmatic, October first, twenty twenty-two. What's the location again? Uh, 160 M Street. That's downtown Fresno. All right. And you guys know where to find my boy Scientifics on Instagram, Snapchat. Twitter, OnlyFans. TikTok. YouTube. Oh, yeah, on TikTok. Uh, uh, it's same shit, at Scientifics. Uh, and then there's a 324 clothing line. There's the Do Work podcast. And then Skillmatic has uh, TikTok as well. So check that out. I'll be posting a lot of stuff that... If you don't like really scrolling through IG, but you like scrolling through TikTok, I'll be posting stuff there as well. So keep it, you know, kind of light so that everybody can get all the exposure they need. <coughs> Excuse me. But also give a shout out to all the artists that are there and all the people that are involved, all the vendors, everybody too. So yeah, keep your guys' ears open and your eyes closed. I don't know, it made no sense, but still. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be a lot of shit coming out. So, you know, check it out. Well, again, thank you. Where is it? We only got 40, it's only 42 minutes. We still got, we got, I'm trying to hit an hour at least. You ain't got no 10 more minutes of this conversation for me? Shit. I'm trying to live. <laughs> I'm like, it's kind Are of there sick. any other projects that you're possibly working on? Nah, but I'll make one. Shit. Nah, I'm just playing. No, so yeah, actually, uh, well, I mean, not a project, but I produced uh, a track when I was at episode 8 was um, with Sahab at Spokeasy and uh, prior to the, the actual interview I made a beat that I was just kind of Sahab inspired if you would and um, showed it to him he loved it but I showed it to you 
and, uh, and we're gonna switch the script on it. <laughs> if you, if you got ten more minutes. I got host for ten more minutes. So, like, I can, you could take over for a couple right, minutes. Cool, cool, cool. So, so, anyways, if you guys don't know, my co-host or my host for the night, her name is KZ. KZ is a, a former and and back to the game musician. She plays cello, and for those of you who have got the opportunity to meet her, you know what I'm saying when I'm saying it, but. She played at Carnegie Hall as a teenager. That's right. And uh, got her stripes early up in the game. So when I showed her the beat, I was like, yo, check this out. What do you think? She was like, I can hear some shit. But she was already on the verge of getting a cello again. She hadn't played in a minute, a couple years. And so <laughs> I was like, say how many. <laughs> yeah, 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 a couple. <laughs> but I was like, yo, you should probably get, you know, that'd be dope if you got one just off the rip. Tulsa Hobbs, Hobbs was like, yo, if you do, let me know. She orders one. Takes a while to get here, but it got here. Then took a minute to get the bridges put on it. Got them. But everybody that we met along the line, I was telling them about her playing Carnegie Hall. They're like, "Yo, whenever you get a chance, can I get on? Can I get you on a track? Am I in line? Am I waiting? Can I steal you from science like that type <laughs> show?" I'm like, "Yo." So I gave her the track, and she orchestrated a piece. So today, we actually had uh, head out to Lost Lake, and she's only played once in front of somebody which was me yesterday to show me what the track sounded like today we were out at lost lake and recorded some of the raw footage or raw raw tracks and there was people around there was people listening to her play yeah, out were. in public and it, it came out really great so it was it was a good look but yeah so that the next thing that i might be doing is that single i don't know what it's going to do but it's going to potentially have a couple people on it, but it started out with you. And I'm sure everybody, when they hear it, they're going to be like, yo, this is what you guys have been working on. Or like, uh, I'm trying to get on. I'm trying to get on. But yeah, it's dope. So if you guys uh, hear any of the stuff coming out in the next maybe three, four months, and you hear any sort of orchestrated cello on the background or anything that sounds, you know, more toned out and has that, that's that's most likely KZ on the, on the, on the track. As producers say, KZ on the track. <laughs> but that's dope. I mean, if you, yeah, so give you guys a heads up. Like, we were talking about passing over the reins for the show, and everybody's like, who the fuck is this person? Like, he just. And, and the people that know her know. They know me it, as Kristen, but I'm called KZ at work. Yeah. So. And so, but even just like to, you know, co host or get on the hosting, they'd be like, oh, that makes sense why she would want to do that. Because everybody really is trying to get her to get on a track right now. And magically been blessed with the opportunity to do it first with the work with her so i'm excited about that and also the first to take over my show so <laughs> shout out to you on Both that magically blessed yeah 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 but yeah it's been a it's been a a great it's been a great like turnaround the last couple of months um we're talking about you know the store and and getting skillmatic and honestly it April 30th was kind of when it was like, okay, let's try figuring out what Skillmatic is going to be or what we're going to do with it. And, I mean, it turned around quick. Yeah, it did. So, I've just been happy that, you know, everything else has fallen into place. Uh, episode, this is episode 10. Uh, we never said that in the first place. Um, oh, I'm sorry. But this, this is It's all right, so don't worry about it. Um, well, well, we'll do it like this. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the world. But no, just <laughs> But yeah, so this is episode 10. Uh, episode 9 has came out at this moment when you guys listen to this. Um, shout out to Uni and shout out to Amanda from Tingy Clothing, uh, St. Josh and Yeser Clothing. 
Uh, my man Uni and them been holding down. I'm glad you guys had a great opening day with Raging Records. If that already happened, if it hasn't happened yet, can't wait for it to happen. Um, but yeah, so it's it's good to have you know episode 10 out. I like I said, this is my baby. I didn't know I was gonna even make it. I knew in December I wanted to make a podcast. I was like, I'm gonna fucking make a podcast. And every week in January, I didn't. My first one was January 27th. The first three weeks, every single day, I would look at my laptop and go, I don't know what to talk about. Yeah. So it took took me just picking it up, but yeah, now we're here and we're in July. And you're on episode 10. Episode so. 10, yeah. And like I said, this is my most successful to date. So I'd like to thank everybody out there that's been listening. All my followers, all my listeners, everybody that's overseas, everybody that's in Canada, uh, London, uh, the Middle East, uh, Australia, everybody that's in California, all 23 cities that listen to me. There might be more now. I hope there is. Uh, all my Texas folks. What's up, Texas? I see you. All my people in Florida, all my people in Colorado. I mean, I got a fan base, you know, Hawaii folkers, uh, people in Oregon, people in New Jersey. So, you know, I, mean, I appreciate it that you guys have been taking the time out of your days to listen to somebody from California talk about shit that's going on in Fresno. Yeah. And it's very specific <laughs> to a specific point. But, I mean, it's all business-minded, and it all talks about how small businesses all manifest around the, the same time. So it's a great storyline to hear. But it's also... Um, very helpful for everybody that gets to see that we're reaching out past just the city limits even though we're talking about people within the city limits we're trying to create the narrative that you know small businesses can create a larger profit become bigger scale businesses and all of these things by taking that mind state to a different level so i appreciate you guys for taking your time out of your day to listen to me listen to the music everybody i've stepped up and brought to the platform all of my co-hosts i mean all my co-hosts all of my guests that i brought on that you guys went and listened to all of those episodes and have shown them love, followed them on IG, you know what I mean? So I appreciate that fully. But yeah, it's been a great turnaround. That's good. So you talked about the second store for Raging Records. Where is that store located? Mm. Good, good shit right there, yeah. So um, Raging Records' second location is now in River Park. If you are coming out of the parking garage stalls, and you're looking at uh, Coney Island, me and Ed's, and the entrance of the movie theater, that walkway. If you're coming out of the garage facility, your your the store would be right next to you. Okay. We are on that strip that's connected to it, and it's the very last um, storefront before the exit of the parking garage. Okay. Um, so yeah, check us out. Uh, the doors officially open Je- uh, July second. I think the grand opening is two to seven. River Park. I don't know exactly what's gonna happen, but I'm sure music, balloons, maybe food. I don't know. And you and Gary will have clothing in the store as well. Yes, uh, and also uh, all the other brands that I mentioned, which is uh, St. Josh and. Uh, Tenchi. Um, Raging Records has a bunch of new designs. Check those out. They got about four of those. Uh, again, shout out to Tyclus Reprinting. Gary printed up all that. Um, and then, yeah, Gary drops the new Risk Taker stuff, um, the Limit Lime collection from my behalf. So, um, great records. He's got a lot of collectibles in there now. So, the old store didn't have enough room for collectibles, but he's got some shit that he, he's had on deck that he's selling for a good price. So, if you guys are into collectibles, go check that out old mags it's not just records you know it's not just clothes it's you know full-on kind of like a boutique record shop with 
clothing and toys and, and but vintage shit that you're like, oh, this is a good one. So yeah, it's gonna be a good one. How good did look. you get connected with Ragin Records? Uh, I actually started talking with Paul. <laughs> I met Paul a couple times, but then in November when we did our first art hop. Um, he had sent out a post saying that he was going to do a streetwear show. Okay. So I hit him up and I was like, yeah, you know, me and, me and Gary would love to be part of that. And he said, all right, cool. It got canceled. So he goes, well, would you guys want to just come to my, come to Raging Records for Art Hop in December for free? And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so we set up shop and yeah, this story is funny. Gary didn't show up for two hours. <laughs> Shout out, Gary. Uh, <laughs> It started at like 5.30, 5-ish. I got there before that, and I was waiting on the curb while everybody's setting up next to me. Yeah. And they keep coming to me like, hey, dude, are you good? I'm like, yeah, he's on his way. He's on his way. And they're like, no, okay, he's on his way. And I was like, no, for real, he's on his way. So I was talking to Paul and the guys next to me for about two hours waiting for them to get there. When they got there, we set up. The fucking tent looked magnificent. All the gear we had looked dope, so it wasn't even like, oh, no, we showed up and we put that shit up and everybody was like, yo, there was lights, the whole jump. So Paul came and bought a bunch of different items from us. Okay. And was like, hey, dude, we should definitely do something again. I was like, well, what's up? My birthday's in March. I want to do a pop-up. Can we do something for my birthday? And he was like, yeah. I was like, perfect. All right, cool. We're going to get this. And then we just kept dropping stuff and just, he was liking it. And... We kept in contact because of the March thing. And once he got closer to it and he saw the flyer and he saw everything we were doing, he was like, yo, it's just real. I'm like, I know, right? And then he was like, hey, do you guys want to do, like, do you want me to carry your clothes in the store? And I was like, that would be dope. And he was like, all right, cool. So we'll do this. We'll do this. That's how we'll run it. All right, cool. That'll work. That's why I said March 2nd is when we had that conversation with him. And my pop-up was March 19th. Okay. Which had already been in motion, so it was just added on, you know what I mean, kind of thing. But I, he, he really, he really digs what we do, and we really respect, you know, the, the amount of time he's put into the Fresno scene, and knowing his the hip hop culture, knowing the rock culture, knowing yeah. the music and, and you know rock record store knowledge mm-hmm. that you would need, and was able to see that we, you know, kind of started with us. The, the second location has a couple of brands that are inside of it and uh yeah the, outside of the actual raging record brand we were we were the only brands that he was really messing with so sh- salute to paul for you know what i mean seeing the vision and believing in us yeah so yeah it's, it's kind of it, it was really organic it wasn't forced and every time we take it back to something me and gary talk about some shit i always tell him like yeah dude hey shout out to you for being late for two hours <laughs> He goes, hey man, you did a lot of work. Like, we'll, he'll, it'll just like start off of something else. Right. Like, hey, dude, we're really here. We really did this. Like, shout out, you know, daps. <laughs> and then I'll be like, yeah, dude, you know, if you weren't two hours late, we wouldn't have got this shit. Yeah. And he was like, well, if you didn't forget, because one time I was supposed to drop off a package to Paul and I, I forgot it was in my car and I was like a day late. You know, <laughs> I felt so horrible. And then I left out of town, but I had actually left the box at my house. So I'm uh, halfway to San Francisco, and they're calling me like, "Yo, where's that box? We need it by 11 this morning." Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "I'm, I'm almost to San Francisco. It's 9:25 in the morning. Like, 
my house, here's my address. I'm 12 minutes from the shop. Go pick it up and like, you yeah. know, oh, okay. So we joke about those moments, but like, it really is like, it was ironic how they fell into place and made the future moments when we think it's like, oh, fuck, it's nothing or it's, it's just crazy or, oh. and then you fast forward and look at like, damn, we're doing business with these people and we're involved in the second opening of a store and we're one of the main factors of brands or clothing lines that, you know, he's pushing behind yeah. his whole thing. So like I said, shout out to Paul for everything he's, he's done for us and continues to do and everything we plan to do in the future because it's going to be amazing. And how long have you and Gary been business partners? Since June of last year. Okay. So it's been a year. We just almost, we just passed a year. Like me and him just passed a year. Um, it started because my boy Chico went on vacation. Chico, uh, and we were like, we need to, you know, put some, put together some, some shirts and some designs for him so we can send him some money. And then when I went to the shop to talk about the design, I saw the shop. I was like, yo, I got gear. Like I got my heat press and I got my cricket and I got, you know, all this shit. I, we can do something. He's like, yeah, 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 that'd be tight. Everybody always says we should do something and then they never follow through. Yeah. I showed up the next day with all my shit, and he was like, oh, you're serious. So I was like, yeah, let's get to work, bro, and we just kind of just clicked. It worked. I mean, I've known him since high school. We've been boys, so. Oh, okay. So, yeah, but over that, that moment, we were making my boy t-shirts and decided, hey, we should probably do something together. Like, he has, he didn't have Tycoon clothing line. It was just Tycoon screen printing. I had 324, though. <clears throat> so we just kind of inspired each other to move forward somehow he had already done this he, he had a brand called forever fresh so he's he had already designed and multi-pressed and multi-websites the whole jump off like mm -hmm. going so he knew what, what kind of what it took to, to make this happen i'd never done it this large or this scale i've just designed for people and then let them run with it yeah so this was the first time it was on us so i'm, I'm learning a lot from him i'm learning a lot about you know how to handle the business and how to understand the limits of, of, of the designs, you know, not coming too crazy, not over, not overflowing the market with too many designs, but also making sure you do always have new designs. Yeah. <laughs> but also becoming, you know, just better grounded as, as, as business partners has been, I think, the biggest, the biggest jump. Um, we both individually were always independent in what we did. It's kind of hard to not relinquish power to somebody else but yeah. trust that that decision making is going to benefit both of us and not just mm -hmm. be from one person's side or the other person's side type thing but yeah it's been it's been a great look and how did you come up with the name of 324 that's my birthday oh <laughs> everyone asks that so don't feel bad no it's it it happens all the fucking time it's my birthday when uh back in the day people would tag instead of writing their name they would pick a number and so my original number when I would write was 009, and Gary was 007. And then when I changed my name from my my tagging name in TNK, which is the crew that me and him were in, it, my name was Fear, it was F-E-R-E. When -E. mm -hmm. <coughs> I changed it, I changed it just to Ramo. So when I was like, well, my name is Ramo, so... What's and if you guys didn't know, he gave up his government name earlier in the interview. Yeah, so, yeah. Talking so about if, if you his caught IRS that, if, if you caught that, you caught that. If you didn't, that was on you. 
Um, but yeah, so, and then I was just like, oh, 324. Like, it was just... And I would like writing, I liked writing the word out, like 324 okay. or 324. So it just looked clean, the letters within it. So it was just kind of like a, a thing I always kind of had in the pocket. And then when I was coming up with the name, I was like, fuck, what should I call my brand? Like, I'm thinking of like, you know, Donna Karen. I'm thinking of like CKY. I'm thinking like, you know, shit that just hits. Right. And then I'm like, how many, like, like 501 jeans like you know what I mean like it, it, it starts to you know what I mean? I'm just starts, I'm spitting out shit and I'm just like saying it and saying it. I was like 324 I mean it sounds like it's something and I just kept saying it like 324 like, hey you got the new 324 jeans like, hey you got that new 324 hoodie that sounds cool like, oh you got the new and so it's crazy because now no one even like they know the name of the brand Mm-hmm. But no one ever says the name of the brand. Meaning, like, no one ever calls the item that they're picking up yeah. the new 324 hat. <laughs> it's the panda. Like, the panda has its own life now, so it's not even, like, the name is 324, but... But they know it as the panda. It's the panda. Like, everybody knows it's or the panda. Or is MF Doom? No, nah, it's the panda. It's because the MF Doom was just like a like a one drop line, oh. like lemon lime is gonna be one drop line. Like yeah. the 320, the, those might be referred to as 324. Okay. But all of it together, yeah, it's, it's so odd. Like the panda has the, like the life, so it's like oh the panda. Yeah. So oh, talk gonna... so talk a little bit about your lemon lime collection that you. Ooh, so we got tie dye yellow and green tank tops and shorts. And then we got black. Shorts with lemon lime written in yellow with a lemon and a lime and it says collection on the left Thigh lower thigh of the short, you know, right before you get to the seam um, The lemon lime hats which are yellow and green truckers and then uh, I'm doing the white shorts the black shorts the tie-dye green and yellow And maybe the yellow I'm not sure yet uh, um, and then the tank tops are going to be the white tank top, the black tank top, the tie-dye yellow and green. <coughs> and then uh, the t-shirts will be white tees, black tees, and then the tie-dyes. Okay. And so, when can you expect that to come out? Well, it was supposed to drop the 21st of June, which is the first day of summer. Right. Um, but because I'm focusing on dropping this stuff and getting a lot of the business side of the schematic handled first, most likely like in the next week or so so like i said if this is post june july 2nd before july 25th okay definitely before then um and will that line sorry will that line be at raging records or will that be both so it'll be uh online by that time we'll already have the website up (laughs) i've been saying this every episode the website will be up next week the website is finally almost up i said that last episode and i said that the episode before that and I'll keep saying so it. So you until heard it's a... it on this episode. The website <laughs> will be up by next week. Nigga, don't believe me. <laughs> that's just always that's that's like that's like the uh, Jimmy Fallon. Is it Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, Jimmy Fallon. When he's always saying, "Oh, sorry to Matt Damon for bumping him." Yeah, that's that's my. Every episode ends with, and the website will be up next week. No, but it really is. We're being worked on, um, but it'll be available online. Um, through my 324 page and then the website once it's up and then it'll be available at Raging Records at the North well, we're calling it the North Campus 
because the tower tower district is the first uh, home number one and then Ken just keeps saying River Park, River Park, River Park, River Park. You know what I mean? So we just we call it North Campus. Okay. So the North Campus of Raging Records, it'll be there available exclusively. And then if you see us at an art hop or anything in the next month or so, because I'm only running that line. Everybody has been li- uh, listening to the podcast. They know we talk about all the time. We only run a line for about two months. That's it. Okay. So if it comes out in July, September, it's pretty much a wrap. Okay. So again, I want to thank you for, be- for allowing me to interview you tonight on your podcast. Oh, hell yeah. It was fun. So. We're done again. I'm just like we're at a minute, an hour and four minutes. So. I mean, I can go like another twenty, but that's it. that's up to you. <coughs> I just want to go grab another beer. Oh shit! Look at that! Shout out to uh, shout out to fucking Dust Bowl in Atwater. Is that where they're at? Turlock. Turlock. Oh, never mind. Scratch that. I like to give a shout out to Dust Bowl and Turlock. I uh, went out there and checked out they their testing facility, their, their testing house, their brewing house, uh, some great beers. The Triple. Triple was my lady gem. Yeah. I got super saucy off it. <laughs> it tastes like Bazooka Joe bubblegum. Shit was delicious. Um, if, so if you're ever out in the Turlock area, check out the Dust Bowl. But right now I'm sipping on a their, their lager called Taco Truck. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Um, I'd say it'd be like the equivalent of like like at the Cate, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere along those lines. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, nice. There we go. My voice was getting real froggy and shit. That's why I was like, I need to drink something. Yeah, I've been under the weather. Um, don't worry, it's not the vid. Uh, I just got sick. Every summer I get sick. My body overheats. I'm I'm down for like a couple days and then I'm back at it. But um. But shout out to my brother, my mom, my daughter. They all got the vid at the same time. Uh, so hopefully everybody recovers really quickly. It's horrible time to have to be down like this, especially in the summertime. We're not feeling good. It's hot. You know, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, ne- it's never a good time to be sick. So if you guys are out there, stay healthy, stay safe. <coughs> so yeah. What else you want to talk about? <laughs> I'm just saying, shit. Cause I mean, I thought I was being interviewed, and then it just it turned into a 45 minute interview, and then I had to take over for like 10 minutes, and then I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking your your hosting abilities. It was nice. I loved the interview. It was great. It was very fluent. You knew when to ask questions. You know what I mean? You let it vibe. It was dope. Can you tell me anything about your personal life? I'm a dad, I'm a grandfather, DILF GILF status, um, I don't know, I mean there's not, if you know me personally, then you know, I, I, I'll i tell you about shit, but like to let everybody know in, uh, that's, that's a, that's a, secret door you can't really tap into I host shit for a reason so I could ask other people questions nah I'm not not deterring but no it's just it's just personal life is personal life you know what I mean like I keep it I keep it separate even though the people that work with me a lot of them didn't even know I, my oldest daughter I had her at all she existed for like a while 
And they're like, what, science, you got kids? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, you never said anything about it. I'm like, for good reason, it's called personal life. Yeah. You know, I leave, I go home. I don't want to take other people's shit or let my shit out there so much that people I don't want involved in my life are there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do keep it personal. Yeah. And, and I respect the privacy of other people too because I don't want to put somebody else out there or, or mention something that somebody didn't feel comfortable with even if it's just my boy or even if it's you know I mean we went out last night we were turning up and we are at the casino and he's like yo like I told my girl we went to you know what I mean that type <laughs> shit you know what I mean so I'm just trying to be respectful to all parties in my personal life that be around and, but no I just I, I like to keep it personal like it, that's, it's there for a reason you know what I mean yeah but I, anything that comes out on the podcast or anything that we talk about, like, I'm more than freely and openly willing to talk about it. But I know what I'm letting out as well, too. You know what I mean? Like, I know right. how, how much of it I'm letting people know. And it's just for safety measures. Like I said, it's everybody involved. Not a lot of people in my life do this or any of them do this. Right. So anything I speak upon them, it brings attention to them. Right. And some people don't want that in their life. Or if I shout out somebody and say, hey, follow them on IG, and then there's a bunch of people fucking following, they're like, why'd you tell everybody to follow me on your podcast? <laughs> I didn't want all these people following me. Oh, my bad. Yeah. So has 324 been your only clothing line, or did you do clothing lines, like... No, I've designed for people. Like, I've drawn, like, logos, or I've helped come up with the font for the way that the, the, the brand exists. Um... But nah, I've, I've never started a brand. This one wasn't even supposed to start. Like, realistically, I, I was just making clothes for Joey. And I said, oh, it'd be cool if I made, like, a little tag for the inside of the shirt. And then I was like, okay, what would be cool? And so, initially, I had a panda, and he had, um, he had like, two Uzis. Yeah. Like, an Uzi in each hand and shit. And then he had 324 across the stomach. And I was like, I don't know. That's a little kid's shirt. <laughs> like, I don't know. And so I just changed it to 324 and I made her all of her shit. And then, but I was posting them on, on TikTok and, and uh, IG. And people wanted the bear with the boozies as a whole shirt. Like they wanted it printed on the chest. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, they're, oh, it'd be tight if you did this. And it'd be tight if you did that. And then, and ironically, that was around the time I, me and Gary started to. So all these ideas that people are throwing at me and kind of ones that I had, they morphed into the panda with the chains, and then it became. But it yeah, became I, what it is yeah, because I, I I tell this to Gary all the time. The first whole year, and you guys might have even heard me say it on the podcast. Like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, in in a good way. Meaning like I I didn't come in going all right. I'm gonna design a panda, and it's gonna be a fucking thing, and then we're gonna get stickers and we're gonna put them everywhere. No, it was like I made my daughter some clothes and. People wanted the design, and I was like, oh, shit, okay, here it is. And then they're like, oh, that's tight, more. And I'm like, okay, here. And then it just kept happening, and the more it happened, I just kept standing there, like, kind of, not with a lost look on my face or a surprise look, but more like, all right, well, here. And then it just kept growing. And so, you know, luckily, the designs worked, and the color schemes worked, and the placements worked, and so... I could say I knew that I was coming in like a fucking genius like Kanye and that took over fashion in Fresno and some other shit, but mm-hmm. yeah. no, 
and being, like I said, one of the main brands, there's other brands in Fresno that have been around that are doing work that are dope-ass lines. But for some reason, ours stood out to him, and this is what worked, so it's just kind of been like a blessing the whole way through. I never even looked at it like, okay, so next it's going to... The only thing I've ever planned for this was MF Doom, the Big Brown Hoodie, and now the Lemon Lime Collection. Well, and I know we've spoken off of podcast about you doing, like, a, a shoe line also. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to my man Dooley and the Kicks Under the Stairs, if you get a chance to follow him on IG. He makes everything from scratch, cuts his own leather, the shapes, the cuts off the toe, to the, the, the bridge, to the... The back sole, the undersole, the whatever sole, the inserts, the tongues, the everything. He does the whole shit. So <clears throat> when I mentioned to him that I was making the Lemon Line collection, he was like, yo, we should do something. But it was so ironic because prior to that, I had been talking to Gary about like, yo, I want to make shoes. Like, I want to make a custom shoe. Like, make it, not just like paint on a fucking, buy a pair of Air Force Ones and then paint them. Right. Like, I want to buy leather and cut the leather and make the shoe. Like, I want that. Yeah. And then... My boy Dooley's been doing it for a while. He said we should link up, so looks like we might by this December might have a shoe out. Okay. Yeah. And looking forward to trying to make an actual like brand, so that it's not like a Nike or something. It's like a the Risk Taker or the 324 or the whatever. Yeah. So we're working on that. Yeah. I decided you brought that up. Look at you doing your journalism work. I like that. I like that. I like that. But yeah. Yeah, look out for that. I mean, we might have mentioned it before if I hadn't. Um, it is a thing. Uh, we, I've been looking into it for months, trying to get into a su- shoe surgeon in LA. Okay. And it's a school, kind of a building. They, they do that specifically, where they, they show you how to cut and pick your fabric and mold your shoe and do the whole thing. Yeah. So, so I wanted to do that. So yeah, it's definitely gonna happen by December. Um, can't say exactly, you know, what they're gonna be or what they're gonna look like or anything like that. There's not even a prototype. There's not even a design yet. Yeah. But you know, yeah. But something to look out for. Yeah, definitely sure. by December there'll be photos and mock-ups and if not the actual shoe. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. But yeah, that, that's that's dope. I like that. Well, it sounds like you have a lot to look forward to this year. <laughs> And, you know, you've got Skillmatic coming up in October, which is going to be huge. So, especially with the people that you named that are going to be performing and yeah, the yeah. vendors and the food vendors. And Again, if you guys... Also, I want to give a uh, shout out to the Great Taco Fresno, or the Great Fresno Taco Truck Throwdown, which is happening the same day as ours. Uh, our event, which is October 1st, but this is happening at Chichancy Park, and it's all the, the taco trucks in Fresno, and they got, um, um, Foods Gone Wild, so they got the long socks with the foods that they're selling, and great promotion. So, if you guys are in Fresno, October 1st, there's gonna be a lot going on. So you have plenty of opportunities to have a great day. We stuff downtown, baseball stadium stuff will be happening, we're in downtown. There'll probably be like a couple more things going on in the brewing district, which are right outside of the baseball stadium. So, yeah. you know, not only come out to our stuff, it's a family event all day, but everything that's happening in the Fresno that day will most likely be a family event. So you have great opportunities to come out and check out a bunch of multiple things prior to the fair starting a few days later. Okay. So, you know what I mean? It's a great, it's a great weekend jump off. 
and then during the week the fair will start and then you know it'll go from there but yeah come out check it out everything every every like i said every one of the festivals will have kids stuff it'll have vendors clothing merch all that and if i'm not mistaken everybody's doing their thing for like 15 20 bucks a ticket okay. so uh we're doing 20 dollars a ticket um and will that be for all day yeah all day long okay. so and we have wristbands we'll have stamps we'll have all that stuff so if you if you come leave come leave that's that's fine um just purchase your ticket one time if you buy it online uh we're going to be looking to work with uh a ticketing company here in Fresno so as soon as we get the information from that we'll let you guys know what website it is and where to get your QR codes and all that stuff so when you show up you can just have it on your phone we'll scan you once you're scanned you will get your bracelets you will get you know and if you're there if you're planning to stay for both the concert and the b-boy festival you have two different bracelets and if you are over the age of 21 you will get a third bracelet okay well we looking into getting maybe um, company to come in with their bearing or brewing license or their dispersing license whatever license it is so they can sell beer and shit so we can have somebody in the building you know for yeah. the adults to get their little beer garden on yeah and so what time does the event start so doors open we're looking at having the doors open at uh 10 a.m okay the events don't start until the mid-afternoon so the morning time between 11 and like noon or 11 and 1 the first like hour or two will mostly be set up for us um setting up the stage outside vendors will be setting up food trucks will be showing up and then about one o'clock is when the b-boy dance competition first starts and then we don't start doing musical performances until four okay so it'll be mid-afternoon-ish okay you know what i mean we're not planning too many people to come out early that morning, and even the, the taco truck throwdown that goes from like four in the afternoon or two in the afternoon till the evening time. And they usually have musical groups as well, and so that's what I'm saying. If you guys got an opportunity, check them out as well. Uh, follow the Grizzly Stadium, or Grolafornia, or the Fresno Grizzlies, and you can get all that information as well um, on IG. <clears throat> I don't have a Facebook, so I don't know if they're on Facebook, but I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. I just too, don't yeah. know the name of it, but on IG, it is Grolafornia or uh, the Fresno Grizzlies uh, IG. Well, it sounds like a great weekend to go out and support the local community and. Oh, also FTK Construct. My bad. Good. It sounds like a good weekend to support the local community. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Well, yeah, that's what we want. That's the whole purpose. Um, when we're at Spokeasy, you know, meeting up with BKR, shout out to you guys in Spokeasy. Um, if you guys are ever out in Tower, and check them out. Um, the business meetings that are happening with some of the companies that are throwing events or some of the people that are throwing events while they're gathering together, want to make sure we back each other and promote their, their um, events as well so that everybody knows what is going on in Fresno or in the 559 area so we can help expand small businesses. We can help expand... Um, the vintage clothing lines and the vintage clothing community as long as this as well as the streetwear community and anybody dropping a brand um, anybody working with you know other companies and any sort of cross branding anything we can get out there we want to make sure we get all that you know touched out to everybody so it's not just for us right you know we pay it forward we, we get given gifts and opportunities we want to turn around and give them right back to companies that are on the verge of making something happen but just don't have that option or the opportunity so yeah we want to make sure we reach out and do that 
Is there anything else you'd like to share with your listeners before? Nah, actually, that was pretty good. I kept asking for more time, and as my show, so I can do as much time as I wanted. But <laughs> nah, but you did a great job. It was it was great. It was just because I wanted to make sure, like you know what I mean, you keep it going. This is the this may be the first of I'm I'm looking at um, doing my first video podcast. I said by episode 15. Okay. It doesn't seem too far off now. No. So, Five more to go. Yeah, and I might knock those out before October easily. Yeah. Will I'm you a- plan on doing a podcast at Skillmatic? I don't think I'd be able to. I would love to, but because I'll probably be running around all day long making sure everybody's good. Mm-hmm. I, I would most I'd probably be, have a better chance of doing a live stream yeah um, and then just kind of have it go up every time I like have somebody come by like I could have it set up like the video area and then be like hey what's up everybody we're back at Skillmatic and just go live throughout to my, the day to the page throughout the day and then hey I got Planet Asia with me or hey I got you know this person with me and then yeah. interview them for a small amount of time and then it would just be segments of interviews throughout the day. Okay. So I think that might be a little bit easier to do because I don't think we'd be able to sit down while the event's happening around us. Yeah. And there's an hour to take an hour and a half break or even longer than that. And I'm just chopping it up with everybody. And Gary's like, what are you doing? Just sitting down talking to people. And I'm like, it's for the podcast, bro. Like, it's not, like no, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it might work be- best if we have like a booth and then we just interview you know, yeah. individuals come in a little five minute, ten minute interview, and then so that might work. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, uh, so looking to hopefully do videos soon. So I'm excited about that, and uh, I was glad that we can make this one extend. That's why I was like, okay, like, because I gotta get comfortable with like keeping it going if we run out of the topic, or like, or like if we're like say I interviewed like Sahab right it went an hour and a half right like that video would have been crazy because like the way we were talking to each other like it looked like we were just like focused in on on each other (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. luckily I got to sit in (laughs) but also like if you're looking at it from a camera angle you're like yo these niggas ain't even looking at the camera like so I gotta get used to recognizing there's a camera in the room at least to you know yeah send my attention to but also keep it going and make it outside of my structure right you know what i mean so because everybody that's listening to the podcast you'll understand that it, there's five questions mm-hmm. who are you how long you've been doing it what's 2020 been like what are you doing now what else is there that, that's it <laughs> but if we can make it off topic too and keep it going and you were doing a lot of that by asking your own personal questions which is good because kind of gave a good storyline within you know what was being said but like i want to be able to keep that kind of essence going so I was like well let's keep it going like you know I mean don't fall off yet you know I mean let's keep it going yeah but it was good I loved it we're at uh, 82 minutes now so almost an hour and a half mm. shout out to everybody who's been listening to this the whole time appreciate you guys um I appreciate everyone listening as I am yeah shout out shout out to my guest host guest host tonight shout out to my guest host KZ Shout out to everybody we shouted out on on the show. Uh, look out for Skillmatic. Go to Raging Records North Campus. It is right out of the side of the parking lot, or the parking stall, right across from the Coney Island uh, Me and Ed's. 
Um, if you're in Tower, go check out Richie's Pizza. Fi Fi. Everybody knows Shout if you out, know about uh, Richie. Uh, if you know Richie's, you know. Um, but yeah, check out uh, Raging Records in Tower as well. Right around the corner. Rich, Rich, Spoke Rich, Easy. Spoke Easy. Shout out to my people's BKR. Shout out to my man Sahab. Shout out to my man Gary. Shout out to Byron. Shout out to everybody who's been holding it down so far the rest of this year. It's We're in July coming up. Or... We're in July right now, yeah. Today is July 1st, Yeah, yes. yeah, so we're in July. Six months in. Man, it's been a crazy ride. Look for look forward to the next six months. For so sure. everybody out there, I want to thank you guys again for being a part of this special episode. The World Famous Do Work Podcast will never be the same, <laughs> which is great. That's good news because it's about growth. It's about, you know, changing everything once it gets to a certain uh, platform or a level of that platform. And uh, I appreciate you wanting to interview me and bring it on the new list of questions, which is dope. Plus, if you guys get a chance, check out the single. I don't know what it's called, <laughs> but when we finish it, I'll let you guys know what it is. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I say around this time, every single time, loveful threes. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, you know what it is. Science. I'm out. Peace. Yeah, I bet you.